Welcome to this week's Institute of Ideas podcast. At last weekend's series of Battle of Ideas satellite events in Stockholm, an impromptu session was held in response to last Friday's terror attacks in Paris. Here's the chair, Rob Lyons, to introduce the discussion. This is not a planned session. This is purely a kind of just 30 minutes just to kind of talk about what happened in Paris last night and to to react to that and maybe start to think about causes and what might be done about this discussion. So we've two two members of the last panel, Isabel and Brendan, and we're also joined by uh, Kashif Mahmoud Verk, who is an imam at the Stockholm Ahmadiyya Muslim community, to talk about what happened in Paris with the uh, gun attacks and the bombings and how we should react to those things. So Without any further ado, um, Kashif, do you want to sort of give us your first thoughts? Thank you so much. Uh, initially, I would like to condemn this horrible, barbaric attack which happened in Paris last night. I think we all are as worried and as affected by it because it happened so near us. Uh, Europe is like almost one country. That is why we feel for each other. And it was a barbaric attack and many people lost their lives. The caliph of our community, Ahmadiyya Muslim community, very early condemned this attack and he said that it is against the teachings of Islam and Islam teaches that to kill, even if you kill one human being, it is the equal as if you have killed all of humanity. So to unjustly shedding blood is a heinous crime and we should all condemn it in the clearest terms, I think. Okay, thank you. Isabel, just your first thoughts on what happened. Well, since I'm not a Muslim, I'm not required to necessarily condemn it because everyone assumes that I am against uh, mass slaughters in European big cities. Um, I think that it's really way, way, way too early to say anything intellectual or thought through. But I think that what we have to realize and remember is that the Islamic State is, a, is an apocalyptic cult of violence and death. What I truly hope for is that we won't give them the apocalypse they long for. Okay. Brendan, just, just some initial thoughts. Uh, well, I think it's obviously barbaric and obscene what's happened. Uh, I think we, we all should condemn it. Um, regardless of whether we're Muslims or not. But I think we also need to get to grips with what is driving this kind of behaviour in Western Europe. And I think there are two, generally speaking, when acts like this happen, and already we can see this very quickly in response to the events in Paris, there are always two responses. The first response is to treat this as an entirely foreign phenomenon. You know, we have to go to Syria, we have to destroy their camps, we have to destroy this movement, as if it's this far away threat to our way of life. That's the first response, which I think is a displacement activity from what's causing this. The second response is the very self-loathing one that you see, particularly among Western liberals in Europe, you know, we deserve it. We brought it on ourselves. It's because of how we mistreat Muslims. We're not nice enough to them, and therefore they get really angry and, and kill 130 of us in a concert hall as if that's some kind of logical response. Um, those are always the two responses, either the kind of internationalization of it or the kind of self-loathing drive. I think it's a much more complicated phenomenon behind all this terrorism that we're seeing in recent years, which is, I would call it cultural appeasement. 
I think what we have in Western Europe at the moment is a system of cultural appeasement where what's really driving this is the West's own loss of values and loss of direction and, sen and corresponding sense of self-loathing. And uh, just completely abandoning it, uh, the West, Western Europe abandoning everything it ever stood for and almost inviting this kind of response through its own self-disgust. And I think the way in which we appease Islamist groups is really outrageous. Uh, on university campuses, even in schools in Britain, there's now discussion about getting rid of Christian prayer in some schools in case it offends Muslims. On campuses, you, there are certain things you cannot say without being accused of Islamophobia, or hijab-phobia is the new one if you criticize the Islamic veil. This constant tiptoeing around particular identity groups, which actually accentuates their sense of victimhood and their sense of grievance, and contributes, I think, to a climate in which they see themselves as victims and they see the societies they live in as repulsive. And I think that is the key contributor to the terrorism that we currently see, rather than any kind of foreign element or rather than uh, Islamophobia. I'm sure people have got views on, on this from the floor. So if you just put your hands up and I'll, I'll take as many different contributions as I can. Yes, here at the front. Uh, maybe I misunderstood you, but I, I, I feel that you are really equating uh, Muslims with, in this case, the Islamic State or whoever it is, because you're, you're talking about very, very broad societal concepts of, of some kind of disenfranchisement or some kind of issues regarding all Muslims and the way we regard Muslim culture as though these groups are somehow even related, which I think that's a fallacy to even make some kind of connection between Muslims living, uh, the religion of, of Islam and the organization of, of radical Islamic uh, terror or, or violence, that the same things that somehow affects the group of Muslims in society would affect these groups as though they were not foreign in a, in a cultural sense from Muslims as a whole. Okay, just put the microphone behind. Thank you. I'm, uh, I, I agree that it is uh, too early to be uh, drawing political capital out of uh, this, uh, this devastating attack. And uh, I, I also uh, really want to echo the uh, very excellent point that uh, we should not give Islamic State the apocalypse that they so clearly want, uh, the war that they so clearly want. Um, I, just wanna, I just have a question for Brendan uh, and, and for the panel as a whole, which is that you made the point uh, that there is this uh, tendency uh, among uh, liberals to say that, oh, we brought this on ourselves, we deserve it. But then you, you immediately afterwards said, well, uh, we've done this because we've culturally appeased uh, Muslim people. Isn't that the same argument? Aren't you also saying, well, we did this, we brought it on ourselves, but just for a different reason. Um, I, I'd like to know the distinction, basically. I'm not, I'm just, a genuine question. I think um, we should be uh, talking about what we think about it right now. We've had a long, long time to consider uh, from 9-11 onwards what all of this means, and we shouldn't dodge trying to understand it and, and take responsibility for shedding some meaning on it. And in fact, in many ways, to me, it seems to go to the heart of all the things we've been discussing today. You know, gone are the ideas of virtue, of some of the shared civic values that we've had for, for many years. And instead we have this notion that we have to just respect all these different types of things, but not actually have tolerance. Not have tolerance where you tolerate 
people in society, but you can criticise and you can say that's ridiculous or we don't like it, but you tolerate it. And instead, we have this whole obsession with identity as well. So we don't know as citizens who we are. We don't have these shared values. We don't robustly invite people. We don't say it's great, we can accommodate uh, refugee, uh, refugees. We have this great society that we're proud of and you know, we should inspire people to be part of. And instead, we sort of uh, uh, encourage everyone to see themselves as different and, and be in a ghetto of, uh, of their own identity. And I think that the, the thing is, this is very stark, terrible, tragic... Uh, consequences of all this, where actually when people feel like they're ostracised and if they think that the hedonistic West, these nasty consumers are all greedy and avaricious and fat cats and all, this is a nihilistic way to, to handle them and it's this disgusting, explosive, nonsensical elevation of things. And in a way, we need to take responsibility for that. I don't think it's grown somewhere else. I don't think the problem is actually in Dakar and Cairo and elsewhere. I think the problem is in the Sorbonne and at the LSE and, and, and in Stockholm and in, and in New York. That, I mean, that, that does raise an interesting point because one of the things that was, was, was striking at the start of this year in the UK, and I think, I'm pretty sure the same trend has been going on in, uh, in Sweden, is finding, like young, smart, seemingly very successful Muslims going off to join ISIS in Syria, which seems like a really weird thing to do. It doesn't seem particularly either Islamic or seems to fit in with the idea that you're a kind of a, a failed person who's like oppressed and wants to kind of strike back against that. So why is, that, why is there that trend going on? I think that's quite important in terms of uh, looking at this discussion. There's, uh, there's, two, there's three people over here, so we'll take it at the front first and just go back. Yeah, I'm uh, 55 years old. I don't normally discuss my age, but the reason I mention it in this context <laughs> is because I'm of a generation where I, I can remember in the 80s when I was a young adult, there certainly were things going on. There was a Palestinian struggle going on. There was an Irish struggle going on. And I would support those struggles. And although sometimes they did bomb places and they did kill people, and sometimes I might feel kind of queasy about those kind of tactics, I could see there was some kind of broader conception that what we want to do is to have freedom, to stop the West uh, denying us self-determination and so on. I think we should be absolutely under no illusion at all that that is not what is happening now. You know, just to destroy for the sake of destruction. I mean, what has happened in Paris? Just think about it more detail. People have gone in and with guns and bombs, they've just killed the loads of young people uh, just enjoying themselves in clubs and pubs and so on. No one said it, no one's even claimed it's for a broader political cause. No one said they're going to achieve anything through that end. It is just destruction for the sake of destruction. It is nihilism. And on that basis, I don't think we need to hesitate. I think it's in moral terms, very, very simple. It may be complex in other terms, in terms of the driving forces. That's a different matter. But in moral terms, it's, I think, extremely simple. There are, there's ordinary people, there's Western civilization, and there are those people who are intent on destroying it. And we should be absolutely resolute in standing up against them. Yeah, I was uh, thinking about the response that, uh, responses that follow such type of attacks. It seems that often they backlash on the people who suffered in the attacks as a society, as a country. So we, we see the surveillance kind of countries exaggerating surveillance and taking some uh, basic liberties, spying on us, and uh, they portray it as a prote protecting us. 
there, I see it as a risk actually uh, when we claim that we need to fight this. And Hi, just an observation that I sometimes think myself being a Muslim is that uh, the suicide and attacks and this barbaric actions have been very common recently and they were not that common 15 years ago or something. They were there but not that high numbers. And nothing has changed in religion itself from in 15 years. So it probably if you're looking for solutions, if you keep looking and pointing out a religion, it looks like something else has changed which is affecting that. The political landscape, the supply of weapons, the financing of such groups. So I think these are the things that have changed and has increased these actions because nothing in the terms of ideology has changed in these 15 years. So I think if you have to look for solutions, probably uh, we have to look at the right thing. Bringing the geo huge uh, geopolitical um, uh, interest that uh, France has in other, in, uh, other parts of, of the world. And then I wanted to remind you that France is in war with IS. Then it was not, it was expected that something was going to happen. Uh, countries that are in war with each other they attack each other the way they come. So it's very much politics. It's, it has nothing to do with religion or very, very little anyway. So I cannot find me in this discussion here because I think it's a lot of politics that we leave out. Yes, I, I, I want to draw on a notion that came up in the previous debate and take it together with what Brennan said. Okay. Uh, in the previous debate was about the nanny state. And also you said about uh, the West have uh, basically went back or lost its values or uh, defending its, uh, about defending its values. What about if the reason is as simple, well, not, maybe not as simple, but that people really don't want the, this um, big uh, uh, nanny state and say so, and that kind of triggers this. Thank you. Yeah, kind of following on from that, actually, and, and tying into what we spoke about, I think, in the first debate, where we talked about a social contract and values and what kind of values people who are immigrating here are uh, expected to adopt. And if you look at the targets of, of terrorists in, recently in, in Paris, uh, the targets have been, you know, or the values that have been targeted are freedom of expression in the attacks on, on, on a magazine. Last night, it's you know explicitly they're targeting uh, symbols of what they see as Western decadence and symbols that we're supposed to uphold as Western values uh, that that we endorse and that everyone else should endorse too. So perhaps, and, and but I think we're not really doing a good job. We, <laughs> in a general sense, in the West, are not doing a really good job at defending those values, at upholding the principle of free speech, for instance, with no ifs and no buts, uh, an unconditional defense of free speech. And so, um, you know, we, we shouldn't be so surprised when they're being attacked from, from the outside when we ourselves are doing a good job clamping down on it. Okay, yeah, I mean, we should continue this discussion of, of, of what we do, but also, if we allow the, for the word we, um, but also, I mean, is there any distinction between last night and what looks like likely to have happened with the Russian airliner. It looks like it was blown up. I think that's the general consensus now. So is that, is that distinct, distinct because that was over there and this is here and driven by different things? 
any comments on that as well? But yes, there's a hand in the middle here. If you'd like to stand up just so people can see who's talking. Okay. Thank you. Um, it could be a very simple explanation. I lived in Central America a long time, and there, there exist many, many street children. And the street children, they go to the streets because they don't feel good at home. They feel better in the streets. So it could be that the people that joining the IS, they don't feel that they belong where they live. So they want to find something else. Mm -hmm. And then we, we are not okay. We haven't done a good job with our values. We have to do what Brennan said. I mean, we have to feel everyone belongs to something, right? I think that ISIS is like a new brand of Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela started off not through peace, but through violence. Nobody would listen to anything that he had to say. And it'd be interesting to see in like 20, 30, 50 years' time whether ISIS, like if they stop their barbaric nature by which they're going through trying to create some sort of freedom, whether they would look upon them differently in the way that they look upon Nelson Mandela now. I'm not condoning what ISIS do by any means whatsoever, but I think it's quite an ingenious thing that people are actually standing up and saying, I've had enough of all these Western intervention, Western ways of saying, this is how you should live your life, and this is the thought process you should have, and what's involved in being human and being alive. And, um, you know, like, what does it mean anymore? Like, ISIS kind of... In a way, no, 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 no. Like, just because you don't like what I'm saying, I don't no, care. <laughs> no, I, I was just saying, I want, I want to kind of move things on. That's all. So, if you could just finish your point. Uh, finish my point. I think that we should have freedom of expression, whatever. But I think you take for granted what you have here. Like, I've come from the Middle East, and people don't have the freedom to express what they want. Like, when they do, like from within Saudi Arabia, you've got Rauf Badwadi, whips and lashes, and imprisonment, and. You know, like, they've not had the separation. Like, it, ISIS, these Muslim countries have not had the separation of religion from the state. You know, they've still got to go through that process. There's a lot worse to come yet. Okay. And I think people from the Muslim community uh, don't understand it, so I, that they're reacting against it in the only way they know how, which is an emotional way, instead of looking at something intellectually, historically, or enlightenedly. Okay. Kind of like, how do we divide freedoms from dictatorial, tyrannical uh, okay, beings. Okay, okay. That, that's, that's great. Thank you very much. Right, I'm going to bring the panel back in just to make any last points on this. This is a, a, always an initial reactions kind of session. So any, take Brendan, because Brendan's been the object of quite a lot of questions. <laughs> um, yeah, when I mean... Uh, the, the difference between what I'm saying and what other people say, um, I think the, it's, it's often Western liberal self-loathing which actually facilitates some of the thinking behind these groups. There's a commonality, actually, between what you will hear from prominent Western liberals about how foul and repulsive Western society is and what you will hear from some of these Islamist groups who actually make a similar argument. I think the more that we argue that you know, we are, the West is horrible, post-colonial, racist, Islamophobic. The more you give a green light to people to attack it on precisely that basis. And look at the arguments that were made after the Charlie Hebdo massacre. What was said was, this magazine brought it on themselves because they're so offensive, they're so rude, they were so vulgar. What did they expect? Well, maybe they expect to be left alone to express themselves freely without being shot in the head at their desks. Maybe they expected that. 
Um, but there was this apology for the massacre. And even worse, if you want to see anti-Muslim sentiment, I'll show you anti-Muslim sentiment. It's the people who say, Mus when Muslims are offended, they can't help but attack the people who offend them. Because apparently have that they have a lesser form of autonomy than us non-Muslims. They can't help themselves. This is the argument that's constantly made. They're driven to attack Charlie Hebdo. They're driven to shoot people in a concert hall in Paris because they feel so isolated, they feel so repressed. I think it's a really racist argument to suggest that they are different to us and they can't help but launch attacks on people who offend them. I think, you know, we've already seen the hesitancy in response to this attack, which I find really worrying. And I don't think France brought this on itself, regardless of whether it intervenes in Syria, which I'm opposed to. I'm opposed to Western intervention in Syria. If ISIS wants to fight against France, and it should do it in Syria, in the place in which this war is being carried out, like proper men not shooting teenagers in a concert hall, not shooting children in a Cambodian restaurant. I mean, that's just neo-fascism. It's repulsive. And what I find interesting already, and I'm sure this will pan out even further over the next few days, is the hesitancy to condemn it because maybe they have a point. Well, they don't have a point. This is barbarism, and it's barbarism that is increasingly being facilitated by the cultural appeasement of people in the West who consider themselves liberals, but in fact are just apologists for what they see as small minority groups who can't help but kill us. Okay, uh, Isabel, is there any final points you want to make? Uh, yes, actually, and I have to say that I have... Maybe I move in different circles than Brennan, but because I have not seen anyone not condemning this or not, you know, naturally reacting that this is a horrific thing. Uh, because very few people think that killing children in Cambodian restaurants is like a normal thing to do. Um, but what I, my larger point is actually that I find it extremely narcissistic to say that this is not foreign, that this is something that is, you know, European and it's, it's our problem regardless of, you know, whether it's the liberal professors or the someone else who has, has brought this on. The thing is that we've seen the past 10 years or so a massive increase in terrorism, uh, a massive increase in terrorist deaths, but about 80% of the deaths have been Muslims in Muslim countries. And if the few deaths that appear here makes us think that, oh, it's our problem, Maybe we are overstating our own importance a tiny bit. Okay. And finally, Kashi. Thank you. Agreeing with m many of the things which you said today, especially the lady up front here who spoke about the political aspects of it, I would like to say that the politicians which we elect, are they aware of the dangers which this war on terror is bringing upon the general public? We are bearing the price. We are giving our lives. So... They should be able to protect us. If they think they're doing the right in the Middle East by trying to bomb... You cannot end terrorism by more violence, I believe. But they, try to, they, they think they can end terrorism by more terror. And uh, fine, but can they protect their own public? Can they protect us? And then I would like to say that we have to look over our policies in the Middle East. We have been for decades uh, supporting despots. And this is actually creating this uh, dislike for Western countries, that we're actually playing double game. We're, mm. we're helping these despots like Saddam, like Gaddafi, like Husni Mubarak. You can take one leader in every country and we have been behind him. So we have to look over the policies. If we think that we have the Western educated high morals uh, values, 
we should introduce them in a peaceful way in the Middle East. Okay. Thank you very much to our panel for reacting to this at very short notice. Can we give them a round of applause, please? <laughs> Thank you.